1: Earlier this week, the Western premiers uh, got together in Whistler, B.C., and a lot of the focus was on, you know, B.C., Alberta, and Saskatchewan, Manitoba to, to a large extent. But the northern premiers were there, too. And, and one of the issues they were highlighting is Arctic sovereignty and security and their concern about our lack of presence. Uh, Nunavut's Premier said, quote, there's a shift in attention to the north in terms of the vulnerabilities that we have in terms of Arctic sovereignty. One of the issues that was highlighted, of course, was that, that whole drama with the, uh, the downing of these, these Chinese um, spy balloons, and of course, the, the one situation uh, up north. This has long been a, a problem, I, I think, and maybe it's now finally getting some attention, but we've really neglected the Arctic, which is, you know, Canada's border. This is Canada. This is about sovereignty. You know, the other uh, thing we learned recently was that the federal government is shutting down the uh, Arctic Council, the Arctic Centre headquarters in Norway, we've been a part of uh, since 2009, the Canadian International Arctic Centre. So that's being shut down and moved to Ottawa. So it feels like we're now actually taking a step back when it comes to our our interests in the Arctic. So why does it matter? It seems so remote and isolated. Most Canadians will never sit foot in the Arctic North. But when it comes to issues around sovereignty and security, we should care. As our next guest argues in a piece this week in the National Post, the Arctic is where Canada should be leading. Joining us to talk more about these issues, we're pleased to welcome to the program uh, here this morning, Heather exner Perot, Senior Fellow and Director of Natural Resources, Energy and Environment with the Macdonald-Laurier Institute. More at mcdonaldlaurier.ca. Heather, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, first of all, let's let's talk about the closing of the uh, Arctic Center in Norway. This this didn't get a lot of attention, but it is worth highlighting. First of all, I don't know. I mean, should we be surprised by this?
0: Well, it's been open since two thousand nine, and it was opened at a time if people remember, you know, uh, oil briefly was one hundred and forty seven dollars a barrel. We were looking everywhere for it. The Arctic was a kind of a hot commodity. In the last commodities boom, and so Canada had put forward some strategy and, and some, you know, intent and interest in, in playing a bigger role in the region. Um, and all this is happening again, which is funny. Why now is the time to close that center? Just as the Arctic, as you say, is becoming again a favorite for policy after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So, you know, it, it, it's not the biggest thing we can do on Arctic policy, but it certainly sends a very Strange message. is the same week that the prime minister was invited to be the special guest at the Nordic Leaders Council this week, and in the same month as the Americans have announced that they're actually going to open a new consulate in Norway in Tromso. Well,
1: it's interesting because maybe it doesn't matter to us. I mean, you know, the uh, the the North, the Arctic matters. to The Americans certainly matters to to the Russians. So we're we're falling further behind, aren't
0: we? Well, this, this is just the thing, as you know, and as I argue in the op-ed. We used to be the leaders on Arctic foreign policy and the thought leadership and, and the ideas. And, and we're the ones that pushed the Arctic Council to begin with, mm-hmm. uh, pushed a focus on sustainable development, pushed a focus on Indigenous rights, and we're successful with that. Um, and for some reason have just kind of given up the, the mojo, the ambition to do that. The Americans used to not really care about it at all. They weren't interested in the Arctic Council. They never sent their Secretary of State to the bilateral ministerial meetings. Uh, But in the last few years, they've kind of picked up, um, you know, filled the void, picked up the socks. And now they've announced in October they have a brand new um, strategy that takes into account the changing dynamics from the Russian war. They've announced a new Arctic ambassador at large position. They have it in the nomination process now, that new consulate in Trump, so um, a federal coordinating body. So doing all the things that we could have been doing for the last 10 years, the ideas were out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we've been waiting, and they've been doing
1: So it hasn't been a priority for this government. Maybe it's their sense that it's not a priority to Canadians. And so maybe they feel there's not a political downside to ignoring or neglecting this. But why does it or why should it matter to Canadians?
0: Well, in, in you know, first of all, we are the second largest Arctic country. And we have a lot of, you know, strategically there's a lot of resources up there. And we're all interested in critical minerals now. And we need to find a way to develop them responsibly uh, in a way that gets northern social license. But it's important for the energy transition and, and for energy security that we figure out ways to do so. Then there's the security aspect, like you say. So sovereignty is one thing. And certainly the other big concern is just that it is an open flank. Um, and that if we were to get an attack from the Russians, also the Chinese, you know, the most vulnerable areas to come over the northern flank and you know, have hypersonic missiles, and NORAD is, is still kind of stuck in the 80s and 90s. So we've been talking about NORAD modernization, uh, but we all know in Canada it'll be a painfully slow process to procure uh, to get it up and running. So, so you know from the American perspective, they're pretty busy on the Pacific side, pretty busy on the Atlantic side. And if Canada could just cover the Arctic, you know cover that, that Arctic flank, that would be a big help to them. So there are some serious security implications of this and serious economic implications. Uh, but again, there's just there's just not a lot of of, of thought um, towards this, you know and and like I say, this is the area that Canada should own. Um, we're always going to be a middle power on nato we're always going to be a middle power in the Indo-Pacific, but the Arctic is a place where we can provide that leadership as a G7 nation, and I don't know why we've been reluctant to do so.
1: What we saw you know recently is, is noted with you know this, this Chinese balloon and, and how difficult it was for Canada to respond to that kind of a situation uh, in the Arctic and you think about I mean we have this this massive search recently for this this submersible. You think about some kind of a marine disaster, uh, a ship. You know, it, it, crashing or or sinking, like our capacity to respond to anything really in in the north at, at the moment seems quite minimal.
0: I mean, it is low, and there have been a few. I have to say, there have been a few investments. So we have the Arctic offshore patrol vessels, uh, the ships that was announced under Harper's. We commissioned six. We'll probably have eight three of them are are out there right now. So there have been some incremental progress on some things, but NORI modernization is obviously, um, you know, the North warning system. That is the one that is absolutely outstanding where there's, you know, a clear existential threat um, to kind of fortress North America. So, and and, in terms of capacity, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's hard to comprehend the size of of the area um, and the difficulty of operating in the area, and probably the Canadian Arctic is the, the iciest, the coldest, um, you know, the most difficult conditions anywhere. And so, there'll never be enough capacity. I guess it's about you know some some kind of minimum levels of, of stewardship that we could be comfortable with as a country. And I don't think there's anyone that thinks that we're at those minimum standards yeah. today.
1: Well, it's also worth noting, and this is encouraging, um, because the uh, Senate Defense Committee just recently put out a report. On this, says, you know, we have a lack of resources that's hurting our our Arctic defense. Uh, There's a line in the report, it says the importance of the Arctic in military defense and security cannot be overstated. So it's refreshing to see that, whether it leads to any action, I guess, remains to be seen. But that's worth noting.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the easy place to, uh, you know, spend our 2% NATO commitment (laughs) is on NORAD and is on some submarines that are capable of going in there. Um, And like I say, you know, we are blessed to be in North America with the world superpower, in you know, on our southern border. But we need to do our part also to protect the continent uh, for continental defense. And and the clear way that they're asking us to do that is is to do more on the Arctic,
1: Northern flank. Well, how does that tie in with with NORAD and, and a modernization of NORAD?
0: So, so the so the big cons- again, this is really about deterrence. So, I don't no one. No one expects, it's not probable that there's going to be some kind of nuclear war uh, or attack. Mm-hmm. But you really want to deter that they just think they will never, you know, they will never be able to attack North America. Don't put your resources there um, and make it a lost cause for our adversaries. It's China and Russia, obviously. But they are developing better weapon systems that we have not been developing appropriate defenses for. This is this is in the Senate, you know, this is the consensus um, and so it is very important that we upgrade, um, be able to see kind of their, these new generation of, of hypersonic missiles, be able to see them, you know, further down with more time to respond, and again, just deter them from trying to do it at all so we can concentrate our resources at other places. So that's, that is the concern, is that we are exposing ourselves. They are coming up with better weapon systems. We have a lot of area that we need to defend um, and that we are not able to detect soon enough to respond fast enough to uh, the weapons
1: systems they have coming up. Well, we'll see if things start to change uh, in Ottawa. We'll leave it there for now. As mentioned, Europe uh, edits it's up at nationalpost.com. Much more at mcdonaldelaurier.ca. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this.